0: Chapter Twelve of Cloudy Jewel. This is a LibriVox recording. Our LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James O'Connor. Cloudy Jewel by Grace Livingston Hill. Chapter Twelve There were tiny slips of paper in Julia Cloud's well worn Bible. And she turned to the first one shyly. It was such new work to her to be talking about these things to any but her own worshipful soul. The two young people settled back in comfortable attitudes on the blanket and put their gaze upon the far sky overhead. They were embarrassed also, but they meant to carry this thing through. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the host of them read julia cloud and straightway the shining blue above them took on a personality and became a witness in the day's proceedings it was as if someone whom they had known all their lives quite familiar in their daily life should suddenly have stood up and declared himself to have been an eyewitness to most marvelous proceedings the hazy blue with its floating clouds was no longer a diversion from the subject in hand their eyes were riveted with mysterious thoughts as they lay and listened astonished fascinated it was the first time it had ever really entered into their consciousness that there had been a time when there was no blue no firm earth no anything whether it were true or not had not as yet become a question with them. They were near enough to their fairy story days to accept a tale while it was being read and revel in it. The quiet voice went on. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which god created and made what did he have to rest for a god wouldn't get tired would he burst forth leslie turning big inquiring eyes on julia cloud i don't know unless he did it for our sakes to set us an example she answered slowly although that might mean he rested in the sense of stop doing it you know that would imply that he had some reason for doing so. I'm not very wise, you know, and because I may not be able to answer your questions doesn't mean they can't be answered by someone who has studied it all out. I've often wished I could have gone to college and studied Greek and Hebrew, so I could have read the Bible in the original. Hmm, said Allison thoughtfully, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I always wondered why they did it, but I don't know, but I'll study them myself. I think I'd enjoy it if there was a real reason besides just the discipline of it they are always talking about when you kick about mathematics and languages." Well, said Leslie, sitting up interestedly, is that all there is to it? Did someone just up and say we had to keep Sunday because God did? I think that is a kind of superstition. I don't see that God would want to make us do everything he did. We couldn't. I wouldn't, unless he said to anyhow. Oh, less your way off, laughed her brother. God did. He said, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter. Thy manservant, nor thy maidservant. Don't you remember the Ten Commandments? No, I guess you were too little to learn them, but I got a testament for learning them once. Say, Cloudy, when did he give that command? Right away after he made Adam and Eve I'm not sure, said Julia Cloud, fluttering the leaves of her Bible over to the second slip of paper. I don't find any reference to it in my concordance till way over here in Exodus. After the children of Israel had been in Egypt so many years and Moses led them out through the wilderness and they got fretful because they hadn't any bread such as they used to have in Egypt so God sent them manna that fell every morning but he told them not to leave any over for the next day because it would gather worms and smell bad except on Saturday when they were to gather enough for the Sabbath listen and they gathered it every morning every man according to his eating and when the sun waxed hot it melted and it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread two omers for one man and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses and he said unto them this is that which the Lord hath said to-morrow is the rest of the Holy Sabbath unto the Lord bake that which ye will bake today And seeth that ye will seeth. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And they laid it up till the morning as Moses bade. And it did not stink, neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none and it came to pass that they went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather and they found none and the Lord said unto Moses how long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws see for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days abide ye every man in his place let no man go out of his place on the seventh day So the people rested on the seventh day it looks as though the people had been used to the Sabbath already for the commandments given on the mount come three whole chapters later it looks to me as if God established the Sabbath right at the beginning when he rested from his own work and that's what it means when it says he sanctified it what do you suppose he said I have given you a Sabbath for It looks as if it were meant for a benefit for the people, and not for God, doesn't it, said Allison, sitting up and looking over his aunt's shoulder. Why, I always suppose God wanted the Sabbath for his own sake, so people would see how great he was. Julia Cloud's cheeks grew red with a flash of distress, as if he had said something against someone she loved very much. Oh, no, she said earnestly. God isn't like that. Why, he loves us. He wouldn't have given a Sabbath at all if it hadn't been quite necessary for our good. Besides, in the New Testament, Jesus said, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Oh, he made it for us, to be happy in, I'm sure. And perhaps he rested himself, so that we might understand he had set apart that time of leisure, in order to be everything to us on the day when we had most time for him. I have read somewhere that God had to teach those early people little by little, just as we teach babies, a few things each year. And over in the New Testament, it says that all these things that happened in the Old Testament to those children of Israel happened and were written down for an example to us who should live in the later part of the world. So, little by little, by pictures and stories, He taught those people what he wanted all of us to know as a sort of inheritance, and he took the things first that were of the most importance. It would seem as if he considered this matter of the Sabbath very important, and as if he had it in mind right away at the first, when he made the world, and intended to set apart this day out of every seven, because he stopped right off the very first week himself to establish a precedent. AND THEN HE SANCTIFIED IT, WHICH MUST MEAN HE SET IT APART IN SUCH A WAY THAT ALL THE WORLD SHOULD UNDERSTAND. WHAT IS A PRECEDENT, ASKED LESLIE SHARPLY. OH, YOU KNOW, LESS, IT'S SOMETHING YOU HAVE TO DO JUST LIKE BECAUSE YOU ALWAYS HAVE DONE IT THAT WAY, SAID Allison, WAVING HER ASIDE. BUT, CLOUDY, WHAT I CAN'T GET AT AT ALL IS WHY HE WANTED IT IN THE FIRST PLACE, IF HE DIDN'T WANT IT JUST ENTIRELY FOR HIS OWN GLORIFICATION. My dear I am not sure but I think it was just so that he and we might have a sort of trysting time when we could be sure of having nothing to interfere between us and he meant it too to be the sign between himself and those who really loved him and were his children a sign that should show to the world who were his he said so in several places listen to this she turned the leaves quickly And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Every one that defileth it shall surely be put to death whosoever doeth any work therein that soul shall be cut off from among his people six days may work be done but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest holy to the Lord whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day he shall surely be put to death wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant it is a sign between me and the children of Israel for ever, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day He rested and was refreshed. There now," said Leslie, sitting up. "That's just what I thought. That was only for the children of Israel. It hasn't the leastest bit to do with us. Those were Jews, and they keep it yet on Saturday. Wait, dear Julia. Cloud turned the leaves of her Bible rapidly to Corinthians listen moreover brethren i would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was christ BUT WITH MANY OF THEM GOD WAS NOT WELL PLEASED, FOR THEY WERE OVERTHROWN IN THE WILDERNESS. NOW THESE THINGS WERE OUR EXAMPLES, TO THE INTENT WE SHOULD NOT LUST AFTER EVIL THINGS, AS THEY ALSO LUSTED. NEITHER BE YE idolaters, AS WERE SOME OF THEM, AS IT IS WRITTEN. THE PEOPLE SAT DOWN TO EAT AND DRINK, AND ROSE UP TO PLAY. NEITHER LET US TEMPT CHRIST, AS SOME OF THEM ALSO TEMPTED, and were destroyed of serpents neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer now all these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall doesn't that look as though god meant the sabbath for us too leslie leslie dropped back on her pillow of moss with a sigh i suppose it does she answered somewhat disconsolately but i never did like sundays anyhow and she drew a deep breath of unrest but dear julia cloud's hand rested on the bright head lovingly there's a closer sense than that in which this belongs to us if we belong to christ we are israel ourselves i was reading about it just this morning How all those who want to be Christ's chosen people, and are willing to accept him as their Saviour, are Israel just as much as a born Jew. I think I can find it again. Yes, here it is in Romans. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called that is they which are children of the flesh these are not the children of god but the children of the promise are counted for the seed that means the promise that was given to abraham that there should be a messiah sometime in his family who would be the savior of the world and the idea is that all who believe in that messiah are the real chosen people it was to the chosen people god gave these careful directions commands, if you like to call them, to help them be what a chosen people ought to be. And the Sabbath rest and communion seems to be the basis of the whole idea of a people who are guided by God. It is the coming home to God after the toil of the week. They had to have a time when other things did not call them away from spending a whole day with Him and getting acquainted, from getting to know what He wanted and how to shape their lives or they would just as surely get interested in the world and forget God. "'Well, I don't see why we have to go to church anyway,' declared Leslie discontentedly. "'This is a great deal better out here under the trees reading the Bible.' "'Yes,' said Allison. "'Cloudy, that minister's dull. I know I wouldn't get anything out of hearing him chew the rag.' "'Oh, Allison, dear, don't speak of God's minister that way. "'Why not, Cloudy? Maybe he isn't God's minister. How did he get there anyway? Just decided to be a minister and studied and got himself called to that church, didn't he? Oh, no, dear, I trust not. That is terrible. Wherever did you get such an idea? There may be some unworthy men in the ministry. Of course there must be, for the Bible said there would be false leaders and wolves in sheep's clothing. But surely surely you know that the most of the men in the pulpit are there because they believe that god has called them to give up everything else and spend their lives bringing the message of the gospel to the souls of men the office is a holy office and must be reverenced even if we do not fancy the man who occupies it he may have a message if you listen for it even though he may seem dull to you if you knew him better could look into his life and see the sacrifices he has made to be a minister, see the burdens of the people he has to bear. Oh, Cloudy, come now. Most of the ministers I ever saw have automobiles and fine houses and about as good a time as anybody. They get big salaries and don't bother themselves much about anything but church services and getting people to give money. Honestly now, Cloudy Jewel, I think they're putting it over on you. I'll bet not half of them are sincere in that sacrifice stuff they put over. It may have been so long ago, but ministers have a pretty soft snap nowadays, in cities anyhow. Allison, didn't you ever see any true sincere ministers, child? There are so many, many of them. To tell you the truth, Cloudy, I never saw but one that didn't have shifty eyes. He was a little missionary chap that worked in a slum settlement, and would have taken his eye-teeth out for anybody. Oh, I don't mean that old guy today looks shifty. I should say he was just dull and uninteresting. He may have thought he had a call long ago, but he's been asleep so long he's forgotten about it. Oh, Allison, this is dreadful. Julia Cloud closed her Bible and looked down in horror at the frank young face of the boy who minced no words in saying what he thought about these holy things that had always been so precious and sacred to her. She felt like putting her hands over her ears and running away screaming. Her very soul was in agony over the desecration. The children looked into her face, saw the white, scared look, and took warning. There now, Cloudy, don't worry, said Allison, leaning over and patting her hand awkwardly. I didn't mean to hurt you. Honest, I didn't. Perhaps I'm wrong. Of course I am, if you say so. I don't really know any ministers anyhow i was just saying what is the general impression among the fellows i didn't realize you would care do the young men all think that julia cloud's lips were white and an agonized expression for the church of god had grown in her eyes she searched the boy's face with a look he did not soon forget it made an impression that stayed with him always at least there was something in religion if it could make her look like that to hear it lightly spoken of. At least this one woman was a sincere follower of Christ. There now, Cloudy, I tell you, I'm sorry I said that, and just to prove it, I'll go to that old Christian endeavor tonight and try to find something interesting. I will truly, and Les will go too. Of course, said Leslie, nestling close. Forget what he said, and tell us why we have to go to church, Cloudy dear julia cloud tried to recall her troubled thoughts to the subject in hand well god had them build the tabernacle for worship you know dear told them how to make everything even to the minutest details and established worship that was to be part of the sabbath day a place to worship and a promise that he would be there to meet anyone who came that promise holds good today you needn't ever think about the minister just fancy you see christ in the pulpit he is there come to meet his own you know he'll be in that christian endeavor tonight he was in the tabernacle of old there was a brightness in the cloud of his presence to show the people that god had come down to meet them they were children and had to be helped by a visible manifestation yes that would be something like said allison if we could see something to help us believe those who truly believe with the heart will have the assurance said julia cloud earnestly i know there was something in her tone and the look of her eye that added for i have experienced it the young people looked at her and were silent there was a long quiet pause in which the sounds of the falling nuts and the whispering of the hemlocks closed in about them and made the day and hour a sacred time at last leslie broke the silence well cloudy suppose we go to church in christian endeavor what can we do the rest of the day we don't have to go to church every minute do we i don't really see how it's going to do me any good i don't indeed julia cloud smiled at her wistfully it was so wonderfully sweet to have this bright beautiful young thing asking her these vital questions "'Why, dearie, it's just a day to spend with God "'and get to enjoy his company,' she said. "'Let me read you this verse in Isaiah. "'Blessed. "'That means, oh, the happiness of "'I'll read it so. "'O oh, the happiness of the man that doeth this, "'and the son of man that layeth hold on it, "'that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, "'and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. "'Neither let the son of the stranger,' that hath joined himself to the Lord. There, Leslie, that means us, or any Gentiles that want to be Christ. Speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated us from his people. For thus saith the Lord to them, that keep my Sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house, and within my walls a place, and a name better than of sons and of daughters, I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, every one that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. You see, Allison, there's a promise that will secure you from feeling the service dull and dry if you are willing to comply with its conditions. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. She turned the leaves quickly again. And now I want to read you the verse that seems to me to tell how God likes us to keep the Sabbath. If thou turn away thy foot from the sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the sabbath a delight. You see, Leslie, he doesn't want it to be a dull, pokey day, he wants us to call it a delight. And yet we ought to find our pleasure in him, and not in the things that belong just to ourselves. Listen, a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt on Him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure nor speaking thine own words then shalt thou delight thyself in the lord and i will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of jacob thy father for the mouth of the lord hath spoken it leslie suddenly threw her head in julia cloud's lap right over the bible and looked up into her face with an exquisite earnestness all her own "'It sounds all different from anything I have ever heard of, and I don't know how to do it, but something inside says it ought to be true, and I'm going to try it,' she said. "'Anyhow, we've had a grand time this afternoon, and it hasn't been a bit dull. Do you suppose maybe we've been delighting in him this afternoon? But there goes the supper bell, and I'm hungry as a bear. How about that, Cloudy? Is it right to cook on Sunday?' That place you read about the man who picked up sticks to make a fire in camp doesn't sound like it. Well, dear, you know in the old times we always got the Sunday cooking and baking done on Saturday, just as the Lord told the Israelites to do. I haven't any business to judge other people, and every one must decide for himself what is necessary and what is not. I suppose, but as for me, I like to do as Mother always did. I always have the cake box and bread box full of nice fresh things and make a pie perhaps and cook a piece of meat or have some salad in the ice box, and then it is the work of but a few minutes to get the nicest kind of a meal on Sunday it is easy to have a beefsteak to broil or cold meat or something to warm up in a minute if one cares enough to get it ready and it really makes a lovely restful time on Sunday to know all that work is done besides it isn't any harder i like it Allison gathered up the rug and books and they walked slowly toward the inn watching the wonderful colorings of the foliage they passed and drinking in all the woodsy odors and gentle sounds of dying leaves and dropping nuts say cloudy said Allison suddenly out of the midst of his thoughtfulness why don't the ministers preach about all this I had to go to church a lot when I was in prep school and I never yet heard a sermon on it or if I did it was so dull I didn't get the hang of it but I should think if they preached about it just as you've done made it plain so people could understand that most folks that is the ones who wanted to do half right would see to it that Sunday wasn't so rotten well Allison said Julia cloud a soft smile playing dreamfully about her lips Perhaps they don't realize the need. Perhaps it's up to you, as you say, to somehow wake them up and set them at it. Allison drew a long whistle and grinned as they went into the house. End of chapter 12. Recording by James O'Connor. Randolph, Massachusetts, March 2011.